Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all new, better than ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome along to the to the review of the 2022 British Grand Prix, of course. For you, those of you who aren't very good at lip reading, let me sort of bring us back up to speed. It was an incredible performance and a great drive from Carlos Sainz. Um, sorry, guys, can you still hear us? Let us know in the chat because I, on the stream, it's saying, ah, you can hear me now. Brilliant. Sorry about that. Right. Where were we? Yes. British Grand Prix. Carlos Sainz wins his maiden race for Formula One, for Ferrari for Formula One. We'll get there in the end. Anyway, Lee, sum up your thoughts of this race. I'm having an absolute mare with this intro. Uh, what are your thoughts on the British Grand Prix? What a what a race. It's okay, Adam, don't worry. Um, but yeah, my first <laughs> thoughts was, uh, vamos, Carlos, vamos. Um, but beyond that, it was just a crazy race. It's just a simple one word crazy. It was enjoyable up and down the grid. It was action galore. Um, overtakes um, racing and it's just what we wanted to see from these rule regulations in 2022 yeah absolutely and minus the crashing obviously yeah yeah of course <laughs> i mean it, it tells a very small portion of an otherwise incredible grand prix but of course before we get into that just to remind you guys now that you can hear us of course that we are the independent f1 podcast made by the fans and for the fans as we bring you race reviews previews and all of the latest news talking points and gossip in the world of formula one for your listening and viewing pleasure of course when you can hear us now Lee, of course, we've already talked about Carlos Sainz winning the race and how it only tells a fraction of an otherwise incredible race. But if you can, how significant could this performance be for Carlos Sainz? Because I want to focus on him and give him the respect that he's due on this one. How important was that result for him? And he's 150th Grand Prix, first pole position of his career that he achieved yesterday as well. So... To sum that all up and manage to secure that result with a win and also in a big win for Ferrari, it's got to be a huge confidence booster for Carlos. I mean, it's for two thing, reasons, it's going to be a very big thing for him. Firstly, you think about where he was earlier in the season and we're like, oh, cars kept crashing, cars kept crashing. He's almost in the same bracket as Latifi uh, and Stroll um, in the amount of regular, regularity of crashing or gravel traps because Carlos did like a good gravel trap. Um, and he just couldn't get it to one with the car and find the sweet spot that um, Charles was finding. But in the last few races, he's slowly built his confidence. He's got podium results. He's been runner-up. And now the next, obviously, step from the finishing P2 is obviously the P1 and winning the Grand Prix. And that's he's now reached that improvement curve for this year. And it's like he's got to one with the car. He may not have the overall speed that Charles can show, but he's reached that point. So now he knows... He can do it, which leads on to the second point of 150 races. You be, you're be a driver. You're playing on your mind. I haven't won a race yet. I haven't won a race yet. I haven't won a race yet. When am I going to race? I want to be world champion. When am I going to race? And it's 150 and it's happened. So now it's happened. It's gone. 
his confidence can now improve and as the rest of the season goes, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more race wins from Carlos. Yeah, I certainly hope so. And I think, you know what, there there have been times in Carlos's career, particularly at Ferrari, where he's put together some great performances and not quite got the fortune that he's needed to get over the line and get that race win. Today, whilst he did drive well and definitely deserved to uh, get the result in the end by his performance, it was far from a perfect performance. I mean, we had the early start, obviously the first start that we had, he was slow off the line, he got passed by Max Verstappen, and of course we had the huge crash, which we'll talk about uh, in a bit, li- little bit later on. But, you know, he obviously had that bit of fortune, then he had the second start, it wasn't the best start, but he just about managed to keep Max Verstappen behind him, and then obviously as the stint progressed on, Max was still getting closer and closer and closer, and then he made that error, which allowed Max back through, and then he just seemed after that, that he just if anything, he didn't have the pace to win and his teammate was faster than him. Obviously, when Max obviously had his own issue, fell back further down, it just felt like it was going to be one of those days where Carlos just couldn't put it together and it just wasn't able to extract the performance that we know he can. But then the race came to him after that safety car. He was able to put on those soft tyres, despite the fact that Ferrari probably should have pitted his teammate. Didn't matter. He managed to get those tyres on, got past his teammate with a relative amount of difficulty from Leclerc, and then obviously just pressed on and got the result. It just felt that despite everything that was going on around him, everything had to fall in place for him today to get that result. And fortunately for his sake, it did. So in your mind, Lee, will that really matter to him ultimately? Because a lot of people, as I said already, and, and just broke it down, that this is not his best performance, but at this point, it's a race win, and that's kind of the most important thing. No, it's not going to matter to him that the circumstances are winning. It's a it's a race win. It's that's it. He's got that psychological tick box ticked. He can now focus on more race wins and obviously the championship at large, which is obviously going to be his end goal. Yeah, absolutely right. And um, obviously, you know, now he's in a position in the championship where. It's still hard to say if he's definitely in it, but he's only now 11 points behind his teammates. So you'd almost feel that if Ferrari, in some people's opinion, should have established team orders today and they didn't really do that, um, if anything, they kind of went against it. They probably in a position now where they can't really afford to hold signs back now because he's managed to get himself back in this, at least as far as his teammate is concerned. Oh yeah, he's he right, 11 points isn't equal points, but considering how far behind he was earlier in the season, um, he's right back there in near enough equal terms. And right, you, it's on Ferrari and obviously I'm surprised that they allowed them to race, but it's a, it's just a nice surprise that they did allow the race. Um, because just comparing to Red Bull in Barcelona, was it Barcelona where they ordered Sergio? Uh, yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Where they, it was early in the season and Sergio, they ordered obviously for Mexico past and, Back then, there was probably less of a difference between Max and Sergio than there is Charles and, and Carlos. So I'm very surprised, but yeah, it was, it was nice to see them race, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it was quite interesting because I was sitting there watching it and I'm thinking, look, Ferrari have got to let Leclerc pass. They've got to do something because we had a very strange race, of course. You know, we can break it down. Obviously, Red Bull were unfortunate. Perez got some damage with that early incident with Leclerc. Um, Leclerc was able to keep on going and he was driving remarkably well under the circumstances. But you had, a, you know, how can I put this? You had um, a resurgent Lewis Hamilton in the Mercedes and he was looking mega quick in front of a home crowd. He was a real threat today. And of course, we'll get into his race a little bit later on. But it just felt at a point that Ferrari were once again being hesitant on team orders or telling their drivers to fight. They were sort of like, oh, let's wait and see how things play out. And I'm sitting there thinking, look, Ferrari are kind of messing around with this and sort of waiting for something to happen. But if they wait too long, it felt to me that they could lose this race to Hamilton. You know, he was that good today. So with all that going on, Lee, what what were you thinking? Did you think Ferrari just needed to put that team order and say to Carlos, look, you're not driving quick enough. Leclerc needs to overtake you. He's faster than you, despite having a damaged car. Or do you think they should have just said, look, guys, just race. Sort it out amongst yourselves. Um, Well, I mean, from what I perceive Ferrari as, I'm surprised they didn't do the team orders. Um, Because that's normally, and based on history, on how they go about racing is... They use team orders. They have their priority. 
but as a, a fan, it was just it was nice to see them race. Um, but I, I said to you out while we were watching the the race in our in our chat, of I have faith in Ferrari that they can mess it up, and they nearly <laughs> did. So yeah, yeah. It, we could have we could easily have been talking about how Ferrari lost this race because Sergio won it or Lewis won it. Yeah, and they're like, mm. Ferrari have done it again. They've lost the race. So that's how close they came to losing the race. Well, that's what I kind of want to draw you to. I'm just looking at the comments now just to see what you guys, now that you can hear us, um, I have to say about this one. Uh, I've got Chris Welch in there saying that uh, Carlos, obviously, you know, he's happy for signs, finally a race winner and happy to see Mick scoring points. And of course, that was a really good story as well. Really happy about that one. The one race I didn't predict Mick to score points and he goes and does it. So uh, take from that what you will. Uh, also says Ferrari team order still need working on. Uh, MotoGP Adam. Hi, Adam. Hope you're doing okay in the chat. Says, to be honest, though, Leclerc's probs should have let him pass. Shiro. Hi, Shiro. Hope you're doing okay. Saying 100% agree with Chris's comments on Ferrari. And uh, hello to the rest of you that have joined in the chat as well and are watching this uh, podcast review live stream. Of course, if you are new, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. And if you're listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform a little bit later on, then don't forget to give us a nice review. Of course, I should stress um, only five star reviews that get a shout out on this show. You have to send us a screenshot if you're listening to Spotify or uh, any other podcast that doesn't allow you to leave a written review. I do apologize for that one. Anyway, look, plugging aside, um, let's move on to Charles Leclerc. Because I'll be honest with you, Lee, you know, obviously, from we're talking to each other in, in the DNF1 group chat as this race is going on, obviously, yourself, myself and Courtney. And I cannot imagine a race where I've said so many different things about how Ferrari are very, very lucky that they have someone like Charles Leclerc in their car right now. And, you know, we saw some real, we saw some footage after the race of Matty Bonotto talking to a distraught Charles who obviously was almost inconsolable about how the race panned out for him today. And he was literally giving him sort of the, um, not the hairdryer treatment, but reminding him not to criticise the team. And, and bear in mind, this is a guy, a few for the last few races, that has had different problems with Ferrari, whether it be reliability or strategy mess, uh, mistakes from the team. He has been driving incredibly well and he's lost races out of his control that his team have cost him. So, with that in mind, whilst I totally understand what Matty Bonotto is trying to say, can you blame Charles if he just wanted to let loose and just say, look, I'm doing everything. I've defended this team. I'm driving my heart and soul out of this car. And despite everything, the team are letting me down. Uh, no, you, you can't blame Charles in that sense. Uh, and on that, on the same line of can you blame Sebastian for leaving? Can you blame Fernando for leaving? Well, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And if, for the they, same they're thing, providing yeah. the same treatment to Charles that Fernando and Sebastian received at their respective times there, and obviously that rose to the frustration on why they, well, why Fernando decided to leave. Sebastian was sort of kicked out. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I completely understand the Charles's frustration there. But I mean, Ferrari got the result today. They won the race. Carlos Sainz won the race, and that is the most important thing. You know, we should take away from this. But this was a great opportunity. Because of Perez's incident at the start of the race, which of course, you know, we can talk about that in a minute and Max Verstappen's misfortune for once, you know, as brilliant as Max has been, obviously, you know, a bit of reliability issue there, which we'll talk about later on. It gave Ferrari almost a bit of an open goal to try and get a one-two at Silverstone. Yes, of course, Lewis Hamilton was brilliant today. But I just felt the pace that the Ferraris had, especially Leclerc driving a damaged car as well. We shouldn't forget they kept talking about the five points of downforce that he was not getting from uh, this car. It just felt like Ferrari just needed to do what they needed to do. And when, of course, that safety car came out, before it came out, I, I, we, I was saying in the group that um, I thought Leclerc had the race won. You know, there was a risk that Hamilton was going to play himself back in with fresher tyres, but Ferrari did make that move to allow Leclerc through. And Leclerc just left his teammate. It would almost felt to me that Sainz was fighting Hamilton for second and Leclerc was going to win the race. But then the safety car came out. It made sense to pit them both on soft tyres and perhaps double stack. Ferrari didn't pit Leclerc. They told him to stay out and they pitted Carlos. And the rationale behind that, Bonotto was saying that, and this is a quote from Bonotto, by the way, for those of you listening, saying that there is nothing to sort out in the team. We understood Charles's disappointment, but he did a fantastic race with great race pace and defending. It's important to stay calm and focused. We thought a double pit stop was impossible, so we had to make a choice. We chose Carlos because Charles was ahead and his tyres were fresher. We hoped the softs would degrade, but quickly but not. I, I, for me, I, I do not accept that 
as a valid reason to not pitch Charles Leclerc. I get it, they want to defend from Hamilton, but in my mind, Ferrari, there was enough of a gap to try a quick double stack. And even if it wasn't that good and Sainz lost a little bit of time, at very worst, he's behind Lewis and he has the tyres and the car to get past Lewis again anyway. So what were your thoughts on that one? Did you agree with that or do you feel that Ferrari made the right call? I don't think Ferrari made the right call. I think it was a nine-second gap between Charles and Carlos um, when it came, came to the Well, yeah, the they safety were car. safety car speed as well, weren't um, they? So it would have been even larger. Yeah. So they, obviously, on the, the graphics that come up on uh, when you're watching the race, it obviously says that under a safety car, the pit stop loss, time loss, at Silverstone is nine seconds. So the gap, and that's in and out the pit lane. So the gap uh, between Carlos and Charles was nine seconds. There were, I don't think there was any, they would have had any problem with a double stack unless Charles had an absolute nightmare of a pit stop and the tire, they couldn't get a tire on or off and then there would have been a problem, yes. But on a, a normal pit stop, they would have had enough time to double stack. I don't, I don't understand the logic why they didn't. I think it's more they didn't think quick enough, which is not a surprise because Ferrari aren't operationally sharp as, say, Red Bull. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a oh, missed opportunity for Charles. Yeah, I, I now that I think about it, I feel that Ferrari were trying to split the strategy, and I think the logic behind it is I think they dangled a carrot to Lewis Hamilton to follow Charles and stay on the same tyres as Charles, so that's at the very least, Signs could attack Hamilton, and maybe Ferrari could just have a one-two with um, Signs protecting Leclerc, and it didn't happen. Hamilton followed signs in and to be honest it made sense for Mercedes to do that really because it, even if Lewis had stayed out the Ferraris would have been on fresher tyres they would have been on softer tyres and got in him anyway so Lewis's only chance was to gamble on a pit stop and ultimately you could say it worked out for him to a degree but um, lost the pace to Perez that fit, that can happen but it made no sense to leave Lewis out so I feel like Ferrari gambled on that and they just got it horribly wrong when they saw Lewis following Carlos in the pits. And now they're trying to sort of dress it as if like, oh no, this was the plan all along. We thought Leclerc could manage. I mean, to be fair, Leclerc did an incredible job um, to get fourth. You know, he was very unlucky to get passed by Perez. Obviously that incident with Perez, uh, the racing quality from those guys was incredible at the end. It was absolutely incredible. And you had the British crowd really getting off their seats. They were really treated, you know, some of the genius of Lewis's driving. The move with Lewis and Leclerc at Cops. Bear in mind, guys, Leclerc is on 20 laps older hard tyres and Lewis has got two compounds softer and Leclerc had a damaged front wing from an incident with Perez and he still managed to complete an overtake round the outside of Cops with Lewis alongside him on the inside. I, I, I mean, I don't want to be melodramatic here, guys, but I literally saw that with Leclerc's on board and I'm expecting Hamilton to go into the side of him just because, from a mistake or something like what happened with Verstappen last season. Not implying that Lewis would have was at fault or anything like that, but it was just absolutely incredible driving. Some of the best, um, some of the best pieces of driving I've seen in a long, long time between those guys, and it just shows how how good Leclerc is at the moment. He drove a car that was practically damaged, like Perez's, for the whole race, and on raw pace. If it weren't for the safety car, he'd have won today. Um, and and Ferrari again and again and again, and it frustrates me. Because, and maybe I'm having a bit of a rant as a Ferrari fan here, but it really frustrates me that Ferrari, over and over again, when they're in this position where they just need to capitalise on the fortune and the pace that they have, and once again, they find newer ways to mess things up. And right now, we look at the bigger picture, Lee. Carlos Sainz won his first Grand Prix. Fantastic. Deserved to win a Grand Prix. I'm really, really happy for him. And I'm glad that, you know, I should be delighted that Ferrari won today. I really should. But I look at the bigger picture and I see Max Verstappen now only lost six points to Leclerc today because of what Ferrari did um, to his race and the fact that they just didn't manage it well enough, where it should have been a lot, lot more. When you look back on this championship, whether Charles Leclerc goes on to turn it around and win it or not, if he doesn't, it'll be looking at races like this one, the one in Baku, the one in Monaco. Those are going to be the races that he'll say, well, I did my part, but the team just let me down. Um, what are your What are your thoughts on that mini rant, if you like? Well, I, I get your point about Charles, but that's presuming that Charles is the main Ferrari title contender. Obviously, as the season goes on, you, Carlos finished ahead of Charles last year. We could be very in similar position that Carlos finished ahead of Charles this year. And you go, oh, Charles missed, had these missed opportunities, which would be correct. 
but it's the driver that maximizes it. And if Carlos, for example, starts going on winning races because he's now found this new confidence and Charles is suffering because he's taken hit after hit from Ferrari. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Carlos could be the challenger to Max and Red Bull, and and it's like, well, Carlos has maximised those opportunities. So it's it's really a pivotal moment on the season for Ferrari. Is um, they need to rebuild Charles's trust in the team, but also obviously maintain that their driver uh, pairing doesn't blow up in a rivalry because they're fighting over who gets to be number one. Yeah, I mean, I hope it doesn't, you know, for Ferrari's sake. It, it did feel like it was going to be one of those that might potentially turn into something bad. And you, you sort of worry that the two of them are going to come together when they're fighting on track. And then Lewis Hamilton just benefits from that as great as Lewis is. That's what he does best. You know, he capitalizes on that. And I think we should also acknowledge that signs, there was a key moment in the race. And I think I'm just looking at the comments now and um, Bear Papa has just mentioned this. And I'm really glad he, that they have because I want to bring this up as well. Uh, they say that the original plan was for signs to defend while Leclerc kept the lead with the old tyre. And and obviously, you remember that radio call. Ferrari wanted him to back off 10 car lengths to Leclerc on the restart. He wanted to pack the uh, wanted to bunch everybody up. Leclerc just runs off into the distance. And then, and then signs has got to defend on the fresh tyres. I mean, signs called that out almost after they said it and said, no, don't be stupid. I'm, I can't sit and hold these guys back. I need to go after and try to win this race because otherwise neither of us will win as it turned out he made the the right call and uh, it was similar to monaco as well when they tried to make that call about the tire strategy and signs told him to do something different they followed that turned out that was the best option at least for him but it ruined his teammates race so if ferrari right now as crazy as it sounds they have a good car right now they had a great opportunity to get one two today all right some things didn't play out the way that they would have wanted them to but it feels like Maybe Leclerc needs to do what Carlos Sainz is doing and just calling the shots from the seat of his own car in the same way Vettel did all those years ago in that because Ferrari right now just don't seem to be able to make that right call when they have to. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was just thinking of um, when Sebastian called the shots. Back then, Ferrari were really uh, operationally poor on the pit wall. And I think I still think that's one of the weak areas to this day is their operations on the pit wall. And you can say what you want between differences between Carlos and Charles about speed and performance. But I think it's very clear that Carlos is a lot better at thinking on defeat and the situation with the race and about how it can benefit him compared to where Charles may be the outright have the pace, but I don't think he has the the quite the capacity yet to think about the greater picture and uh, the plans and what could benefit him from a personal strategy to the likes of what Carlos did today. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, guys, of course, let us know your thoughts on the, the race today for Ferrari. Of course, if you agree with what we say or if you've got any other alternate opinions as well. I mean, uh, MotoGP Adam saying, can you blame Carlos Lowe? No, absolutely no. not. I, I think based on what we saw, Carlos made the right call and that won him the Grand Prix. I think if he'd, have, um, if he'd have stayed behind to try and protect his teammate, I think there's a good chance that Hamilton or Perez might have got him on the restart and then they may have got Leclerc and won the Grand Prix as well. That's something you didn't want to do. So... Um, no, I think. And I also made, want yeah. to add, Adam, that any um, respected racing driver who has a sniff of their first Grand Prix win, they go, "Yeah, okay, I'll I'll sit back and well, yeah, you, uh, protect my yeah, teammate." Absolutely. No, I want my, my first win. <laughs> mm. No, absolutely. You're not going to expect them to sort of hold back and play second fiddle. I mean, if I was in Carlos's shoes, I'd have done the exact same yep. thing. You present it with that chance because you don't know when the next one's going to come. If it ever yeah. comes, you know, it's it just it is what it is. So, but let us know your thoughts on that one, guys. Um, we should move on because we talked about Ferrari quite a lot today. Um, let's talk about the start of the race. Very Good strange start. one. Um, it was a very difficult one, obviously, watching replays of that one. Fortunately, from what we understand, everybody is okay. Um, we saw Joe and Albon obviously taken to the medical center for checks. Joe looked okay. Or, you know, Joe Guan, you looked okay. Albon, uh, from what I've been hearing, he's okay, but it was just precautionary as well, so that's good. But um, yeah, very strange start. We saw a lot of cars crashing um, going into turn one. 
And it was a moment really where you can't really lay any sort of blame. Not that I'm looking to lay any blame to anyone, but then we had George Russell, Joe and Gasly. And there was a gap open for Gasly, just as George Russell was looking in the mirror on his left to see where Gasly was. He didn't think Gasly was coming. Then Gasly, all of a sudden out of nowhere, manages to find a spot in the gap. But at that point, Russell's already turning in. And obviously, Gasly tries to back out. Russell gets clipped by that, goes into Joe. And then obviously, the uh, carnage ensues. And Joe ends up going flying over the barrier and into the fence. Fortunately, everyone was okay and no one was hurt. But that was a really scary one, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, two thoughts came to my mind when we saw that uh, incident was similar. It didn't fly, but it reminded me a bit of Mark Webber in Valencia when Mark took the car to the skies. Um, I think he got confused between an airplane and a Formula One car. That that incident, mm. if you recall, the one I'm talking about. But also, it just that that moment of oh, similar to the thoughts what happened with Roman Grosjean last year. Is this another Jules Bianchi moment in recent Formula One history? Of have I just seen something? I am, I didn't obviously want to watch of a, a driver in a, dying at doing what they do, but thankfully that wasn't the case. But that moment, obviously, that thought does cross uh, the mind when you see a big accident like that. And thankfully, the yeah. halo did its job. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it is a testament to how far Formula One cars have gone in terms of safety and how far they've progressed that Joe, despite such a difficult crash, and when we saw the replay, I mean, that would have been absolutely terrifying. If, if you're Joe, imagine in that position, obviously, you're skidding along on the top. You can't see anything because it's all dark under there because all the light's being blocked by the top end of your car because it's much wider than the top. And um, obviously, you're skidding across uh, the gravel. It sends the car up flying over the barrier. You don't know where you are. You don't know what's going on. You just know you're flying at a high speed and you just hope it stops and you hope you're going to be okay. So to see him seeming rather chipper afterwards, okay, physically unharmed, even if mentally he's a little bit, you know, hurt by that one. I can totally understand it. So it's fantastic to see that he was able to walk away from that one okay. And I think it's a stark reminder as to how dangerous Formula One racing can be. So, um, yeah, it's really glad to see that it was okay. I'm not going to try and play the blame game on this one, Lee, but do you think the stewards were really looking to that one? Because to me, it just looked like one of those things that can happen on the start. And it was just very unfortunate. I don't really feel like I could blame anyone. Not that I would want no. to. No, I think I was just uh, a simple racing incident. that just had, unfortunately, a big dire circumstance result. But it was just a racing incident. Mm. I mean, it was much different to another difficult incident that we saw today where uh, Roy Nisani and Dennis Halger had a bit of a collision in the F2 race, which sent Dennis Algar over one of the sausage curbs and crashing into the halo of Roy Nassani, an incident where if it wasn't for the halo, Roy Nassani may not have lived to tell the tale. Obviously, we're grateful for the fact that these uh, safety measures have improved so much, but that one was a bit different. I think we look at sausage curbs, and I hate sausage curbs. I think they cause so many unnecessary accidents, and I don't think they should be in Formula 1 at all, or in any racing whatsoever. Um, But for some reason, the FIA don't seem to agree with that one. And I think in that incident, Roy Nassani, quite rightly, his driving standards in that incident were very, very dangerous as well. So uh, not to draw comparisons, but um, it's one of those where I feel like you have to look at those incidents and at the very, very least, acknowledge how great the safety measures have improved in the sport. Um, but that's um, obviously one thing we did want to talk about. George Russell, obviously, he was complaining that he couldn't restart the race because he got out of his car. Um after the red flag and he didn't take the car back to the pits obviously the it was put on a truck and brought back did you agree with that decision because it was a bit of a strange one wasn't it because um we saw last year Perez didn't he in Spa and he crashed on the uh way to the grid and he was allowed to rejoin the race but George Russell the race had already started but he claimed in his interview afterwards that he was just trying to do the noble thing or the right thing to do and that was uh, just to check that Joe and Albon were okay um, but then obviously by the time he got back to his car, it wouldn't start and it was gone. So what were your thoughts on that one? I mean, it is very much a hard one. Um, I understand obviously the written rules and I really, George couldn't start his car. It may be a different story if George got back to his car and the car started and off you go, he probably would have been fine. But the fact that it was on the loader and then back to the pit lane, obviously that's a breach of the rules, but I think the FA have to be very careful that they don't discourage drivers doing the right thing, especially in the big 
accident doing the humane thing of getting out the car and stopping and checking um it comes to mind with nicky louder i can't remember the driver that got out the stopped and got out the car trying when nicky had his big accident of i can't remember the driver's name i mean Whoa. a bit hazy on those drivers it was uh, from, um wasn't oh i was trying to think wasn't it uh, ronnie peterson I think that got him out. One. Yeah, I think it was Ronnie Peterson. But, I mean, I might be wrong. I think it was Ronnie Peterson. Um, but he stopped and and, got, and obviously, it, 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 thankfully, it wasn't a big issue. But just look at it this way: if George had, had stopped and actually helped, and it, it saved Joe's life, then like, oh, you can't race. I mean, it's very harsh uh, penalty. So I think you have to be very careful. Um, Regarding because you could so when George stopped, he got out of the car and he did run, run to the incident. He didn't just start stopping that. Oh, I don't know, kick the car, or, it's annoying. So, yeah, I just think it's a very fine line, and you don't want to be punching drivers to trying to help a fellow driver. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally get that. And um, Motorsport Magpie just pointed out, yeah, Senna getting out for Eric Comas. That was the other incident I was yeah. going to mention as well. Um, another one we got out of the car. I mean, that was in qualifying, so you know, take what you want from that incident compared to this one, but I totally understand that. And when I was watching the race, I'm thinking, do you know what? How many of us in that situation worried about your fellow friends or competitors will do the same thing? I think a lot of us will probably do it. But the the FIA and F1, obviously, the rule, certain rules are in place for a reason. And even though it was a red flag, and I totally understand George where he's coming from, one of the biggest, one of the first rules that you'll find in the rule book is that if you're on the racetrack, live on the racetrack, and you leave your car or you get out of your car, that is literally your race over. And in this situation with the red flag, you've got to bring your car back to the pits. And George didn't do that. I don't know if he could have brought that car back anyway, because it was missing a wheel at the rear. Um, so I don't know if he was going to be able to get back in the car. Obviously, it, it wouldn't start for whatever reason when he tried to get back into it. It's one of those where whilst George did the right thing in, from a moral perspective, the FIA would look at that rightfully as a safety concern saying, look, you can't just expect drivers to get out of the car and run onto a live racetrack, even in a red flag situation for his own health and safety. So whilst I sympathise with George and commend him for the brilliant gesture he did, um, I totally understand why they said to him, no, you can't come back into the race for the restart. And it was also strange as well because... Obviously, they, they restarted from the grid order and obviously the explanation that they gave on that one made sense as well. You know, a lot of people thought they should restart the race from the order they were in, but they didn't actually pass any timing beams or anything like that to confirm the current order. So they had to restart from their grid order. So very unfortunate for George. A lot of bad luck there. But um, I can't really argue against the decision from the stewards just on a health and safety ground. Otherwise, you set a precedent in my opinion, where other drivers may think of doing similar things. I know it sounds silly because you're not expecting that, but you you just want to, at the end of the day, these guys just want to make sure that everyone turns up and goes home safely, really. So I can't really argue with that one. Um, but let us know your thoughts in the comments or in the live chat if you're watching us live on Sunday evening. Let's move on to Red Bull. Um, Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez. Max Verstappen, of course, looked the favourite this weekend to win the Grand Prix. He looked the fastest. He was brilliant in the wet weather, although he made that mistake on his final lap, which cost him pole position. And also, let's not forget, in the race, he was looking good. He looked like he was going to get Sainz anyway. Sainz made the mistake, gave Max the lead. Max wasn't exactly scampering away at the front, but then he had the problems where he was complaining about a puncture to one of his rear tyres. And then it was an issue with the axle where he was just losing so much rear grip, which completely ruined his race. But in the end, managed to finish, I believe, what was it, P, P8 in the end or P7? 7, P7. Yeah, P7, sorry. Um, had a bit of a tasty battle with Mick Schumacher towards the end of the race as well. But um, given the circumstances and the fact that Charles Leclerc, arguably Max's biggest rival at the moment, only scored six more points in him in a race that he should have won today... I don't think Max Verstappen will be too disappointed looking back on this one because uh, he hasn't really lost out much. No, I think Max would be obviously disappointed that he finished where he did instead of winning the race, which looked very likely once he got past uh, Carlos. Um, but I think it's just that it was a, just a good sort of damage, damage limitation. He has a nice solid lead in the championship. And it's like, I've lost a few points, but uh, it's not the end of the world. It's Here's what it is. I go off and win in, win in Austria. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, obviously, you know, Max himself will look back on this race and say, you know, he'll be annoyed that, you know, he had the pace to win today. It looked like if he didn't have his problems, he probably probably would have done today. But um, it is what it is. And I think given how his form has been recently, I think he'll look back and think, you know what, it's fine. I didn't lose that much. 
But he got himself involved in a few little tasty battles today, didn't he, Max Verstappen? And he did get the shoulders out a little bit more than I was expecting. This new calmer, more methodic Max Verstappen. Some of the old aggressive traits tended to uh, come back in, perhaps when he was a little bit more flustered. Um, obviously, the start of the race, that uh, incident with Leclerc at Turn 4, pushed Leclerc quite wide into the runoff. What did you make of that incident? Because I didn't think that was a penalty. I thought that was all a bit fair game. I don't think Leclerc was far enough alongside him to warrant the space around the outside of Turn 4. Yeah, I didn't think that was a penalty. No. Um, I mean, let us know your thoughts on this one as we go through them, because we are going to go through them quite quickly, guys, because we're aware of time. We don't want to be on this too long, but I thought that was fine. The Mick Schumacher incident towards the end of the race, however, I actually thought that was a little bit naughty. I think Mick Schumacher was a lot further ahead. I think he warranted the space. And Max didn't give him the space. And luckily, Mick Schumacher pulled out because if he didn't, that would have ended up in an incident. Um, what did you make of that one, Lee? Yeah, I, I do actually agree with you there again. Um, I think that should have been a penalty. Um, I think that was uncalled for. Uh, but I also do agree with you about Max's angry side came out a bit. I think he was a bit annoyed at how the race turned out. He got a bit flustered and it was just like, yeah, red mist sort of situation of uh, um, go ahead, I'm going to, do what I can crash into people if I have to. I'm going to finish this race because yeah, just be damn it um, sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I think that was a bit naughty from Max. Yeah, we are just looking at the chat now. Um, Motorsport Magpie saying Max might get a penalty. Yeah, I mean, of course, yeah, a lot of these things are sort of subject to review at the moment. So, um, it, it, as I said, things can change. Of course, we'll just have to... Um, Wait and see on that one. But of course, there's a point that we're recording this live. Uh, the results are as they are. Uh, Sergio Perez as well also got caught up in a little bit of an incident. Towards the end of the race as well, and one at the very start. Um, about the damage that he had, he said it was just one of those things where he got squeezed a little bit or he might have been a bit too close to Charles and his teammate. I'll be honest with you, I watched it a few times and I originally thought, I think Checo squeezed Charles into turn, uh, turn three. But in part of me also feels like Leclerc kind of just... You know, thrusted himself into that position as well, which might have caused a bit of damage for Checo. What did you make of that one? It felt like a bit of six of one, half a dozen of the other between the two. Yeah, I, I think it was a, well, both of them. Uh, it wasn't one of either of them throwing it down. It was just obviously uh, a mix of the situation between both of them. Obviously, had a hand in the hand in it, uh, making a conscious effort, turning in the corner, and Charles throwing it down and. Um, and Car uh, not Carlos Sergio taking that that tire to line, but do you think that if I'm thinking of the incident you're talking about, but it was the one with the four cars? Yeah, it was on the second restart. Yeah, yeah so yeah. we had the second restart, of course, with Leclerc and Perez, and then of course we had the incident later on in the race with uh, Perez, Hamilton, and Charles Leclerc, where Perez obviously at Club and Vale obviously cut the corner a little bit, which forced Leclerc wide, and Lewis Hamilton brilliantly took the opportunity to pass the two of them. That one, for me, felt a bit more naughty from Checo by cutting. I know it was a bit tight with Leclerc, but I think he should have backed out a little bit. Instead, he just went in perhaps a little bit angry about what happened earlier in the race and thought, no, I'm just not going to back out. And uh, I was surprised that the stewards deemed that one OK. Not that I'm looking to issue penalties, but I thought Checo got away with that one. Yeah, uh, I, for me, that was a he cut the corner and gained a lasting advantage by keeping mm. the place ahead of Charles. Yeah. Yes, he lost it to Lewis. But he wasn't fighting Lewis going into that corner. He was fighting Charles. So, yeah. So for me, that should have he should have given that place back to Charles. Um, but yeah, that's what obviously the stewards decided that wasn't a penalty. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, a bit of a strange one. As I said, people saying, "Oh, he lost out." But I said, yeah, but he lost out to Sir Lewis. It was Leclerc was the one that he got the advantage off of. But as I said, it was it was really really fun to watch. To be honest, it was absolutely incredible finish. And and the fact that they all managed to finish the race of that colliding just as a testament to how good a drivers that they are. And the crowd absolutely loved it. The roar of the fans, especially when Lewis made that move, that was absolutely brilliant stuff to see. But overall, I think despite the uh, incidents that Perez had. The fact that obviously his race was massively compromised by the incident with Leclerc. And of, and of course, it kind of adds to the point of how great Leclerc's performance was today. The fact that he was able to, on with the he had the pace to win today. And he was faster than his teammate with a damaged car. The same amount of damage that Perez had, apparently. And yet Perez had to take a pit stop, get a new front wing on to recover the performance. And yet Leclerc just did a great job with what he had. So 
That said, Perez, I think to get P2 after the start he had, I think he would have been delighted that one. And in a way, he had almost had the pace to win the Grand Prix. If he had more laps, he might have been able to catch signs. Oh, yeah. I mean, Sergio um, did a great recovery drive. Immediately, the safety car helped him um, because he he was, before the safety car, he was like 19, 20 seconds behind um, Lewis at that point mm. in the race before the safety car. So, he he was he was completely out of the race winning contention, but yeah, he due to that safety car, he was brought himself right back into it, and he could have um, if he dispatched Charles slightly quicker, um, he could have got Carlos. It, he was he was so close to getting that race win. Yeah, very much so. Um, let's move on to Mercedes now. Obviously, we talked about George Russell. He was very unfortunate. You could argue penalised even more for his mistake in qualifying, which bogged him down the order a little bit. If he'd have started where he'd have expected to, probably would have been okay. But, you know, these things happen. But Sir Lewis Hamilton, and I said that I thought that he put together the best performance we've seen from him in Canada, that final stint of the race where he started to show a bit of pace, a bit more form that we expect for Sir Lewis, perhaps with that little bit of a carrot dangled at him with Verstappen and signs ahead of him to sort of chase after them and build up a gap to his teammate. Today, I think we saw an incredible performance for Sir Lewis Hamilton. The fact that he got out of that car today and felt, and I think rightly so, that he may have had the pace to win today, just shows how well he drove today in front of a home crowd, only getting a podium in the end, lost out to Perez towards the end, could have been P2, but overall, absolutely brilliant performance from Sir Lewis Hamilton. Uh, What did you make of Sir Lewis today, Lee? Yeah, for me, he was the driver of the day and how, I don't know what the official voted driver of the day was. I think it honest. was Perez, actually, strangely, but um, there you go. <laughs> but for me, Lewis was uh, my driver of the day and just how he, he kept himself in the fight in what is a slower car at the moment and he's taking it to um, Red Bull and taking it to Ferrari and coming back and the, this the constant overtaking and the lap times he get from those old tyres when he was still in the, um, the mediums. It, it, it was the first time this year that over a whole race distance that I would have said you've seen Lewis Hamilton. This year, I don't think we've seen Lewis due to the way the car is set up and the performance, so he hasn't felt comfortable. But this is the first time they're going, this is Lewis Hamilton. He's comfortable in this car. He may not be the fastest, but he's now comfortable. Yeah. So mm. it's the first time that I can say say that this year. And it's uh, he's obviously thoroughly enjoyed his race. Yeah, I mean, we were expecting Mercedes to be strong this weekend. And I think on a smooth circuit with high speed corners and straights, the characteristics that suit this Mercedes W13, um, we were expecting them to be very good. And in front of a home crowd as well, it certainly was going to work out well for Sir Lewis. And uh, just looking at some of the comments, uh, I'm just seeing we've got a Samsung user. I do apologise. We haven't. Uh, it's not showing me on the live chat if you've got a, um, a tag name like the rest of our lovely lot in the chat. Sam Samsung saying, thank you for calling him by his name. Well, the reality is he's earned his title. He, you know, he's been a great servant to British sport and also to Britain as a great person. You know, look, people might have polarising opinions on Sir Lewis Hamilton, but at the end of the day, I think he's done a lot of great things for Formula One and for this country. And he's earned his title. And as a res- and you know, I think the least that we can do, or a lot of us can do, whether or not he actually cares for that too much, is to pay him the due respect he deserves and call him by his title. But, you know, I digress on that one. So, yeah, as I was saying, a great performance from Sir Lewis. It, as I said, it just felt a lot more like that there was an opportunity at a win there. And the amazing thing about Sir Lewis, and, we, and we've said this about Ayrton, and we've said this about Michael and a few others in F1's past, there are very, very few drivers that, in a position like Sir Lewis found himself in today, where there is a sniff, a chance of winning you may not have the best car or the outright pace to win this race but if you're good enough and just put pressure on those guys in front of a home crowd you can really extract the absolute best performance and i'll tell you what lee there are very few things more frightening in f1 than sir lewis hamilton in that mood where he feels like he can chase you down and get the result and more often than not how many times does he pull it off i mean he did it last year in seemingly unlikely conditions and he almost did it again this year so uh I can totally understand why he's disappointed that he only got P3, but some of the driving today was absolutely superb. Oh yeah, it was brilliant. I mean, I would hate to have been in the midpoint of the race. Um, B was it? Was he chasing down Charles? Or yeah, he was chasing down yeah, Charles. Yeah, yeah. Carlos pitted, and it's like you see the gap go down, and I was like, I would hate to be Charles right now. And the engineers going, 
the gap is two and a half seconds. He's like, he's coming. 1.9 seconds, 1.5 seconds. It's like, oh, no, Lewis is coming. (laughs) And that that is just, yeah, that's just, yeah. You you know, there's a few drivers on the grid. If you know they're coming, they're probably going to get past. It's going to be Lewis, Max, and for the first two that come to mind that, yeah, if they're chasing you down, they're going to get past. And it's great encouragement for him, for George as well. Obviously, this was the first time this season that George didn't finish in the top five. Of course, you know, he probably had the pace to get into the top five, given what was going on around him. Obviously, he was very unlucky with the start. So um, hopefully, despite that disappointment, he'll be able to move on because he's been equally brilliant at the start of the season as well. But as I said, great to see Mercedes look like on race pace. They seem to be in the ballpark. Of course, I think if everybody was fine and free from damage, I think Mercedes would have found themselves, I don't know, 10, 15 seconds off the lead pack at the very, very most. But they were certainly encouraging. And hopefully this will transpire into more great performances as well. Just looking at a comment, Sir uh, Alain de Cadenet, rest in peace. Yeah, I did see that news. Very, very sad news and uh, thoughts to him and his family at this time. So thanks for bringing that up in the live chat. Let's move on to some of the other stories if we can. And um, of course, guys, as I was saying, as we talk about these topics, please do let us know your thoughts on this one. Of course, if you've got any questions for us on the show that you want us to answer right now or live as we go along, please do get them in. And um, it would be, obviously, we'd love to answer some of your questions. So do let us know, obviously, your thoughts on this one. And we'll uh, do the best that we can on this show as we are, as we're live, obviously, trying to do the best that we can on that. Anyway, look, all that aside, let's move on to some of the other great performances. And Fernando Alonso, Bit of a surprise today, but finished P5. And Fernando, it was really interesting because um, he drove rather well. He, he was going about his business, doing doing his thing. And uh, towards the end of the race, we were seeing Perez, Hamilton and Leclerc. And then out of nowhere, Fernando Alonso pops up in the fight. So uh, P5 for Fernando. I think if you'd have offered him P5, I think he'd have been delighted with that one. Not quite L plan, but uh, pretty good performance from Fernando today, Lee. Oh yeah, he was. Uh, he said yesterday in the qualifying, well, I think it was his seventh, um, if I recall, where he qualified. He was like, "This is where the performance of the car is. I wouldn't expect any higher." So if you offered him fifth beginning of the weekend, but yeah, amazing, take it. And he did. He got went and took it and helped himself to uh, fifth. And it just shows you that the wily old fox has still still got it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that is pretty much it, really. I mean, Ocon was pretty unfortunate. He was running in the points before his reliability issues, of course. I'm sure we'll get more information on that from Alpine in due course. Uh, individual one also saying if Charles had a chance of winning the World Drivers' Championship this year, Ferrari confirmed they don't think he has a chance. Um, I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure I've seen that quote. But uh, I mean, Charles still has a chance. But Ferrari right now, they're just, as, a, as we've already ranted about, if you've just joined us, of course, we ranted about this about 15 minutes ago. Um Ferrari need to be doing more for both of their guys right now. You know, Sainz won the race today, but Charles, as I said, you know, there's been a few races now that you should have got more out of this and the team have kind of let him down for lack of a better way of putting it. Anyway, look, I'm not going to go back to that. We're going to talk about some of the other races. Lando Norris for McLaren. Um, P6, not a bad result for him, Lee, but uh, did kind of get a bit caught out by the safety car and that. And he could, have, he could have been in that fight a little bit more, but he was on the tail of it. But I think overall, we probably would have been happy with P6. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I think he's slightly disappointed because until the safety car, he was P5, and obviously they got jumped by Fernando, staying at one out, one lap longer to come into the pits. But they had to pit because if he hadn't pitted, he would have just been swelled up like Charles. So they missed the opportunity, uh, but at least McLaren realised it and, uh, and got him in the next lap. But it was still a solid race from him, and he was clear or until the safety car was well clear of the rest of the midfield. Um, so it was just a comfortable uh, race. So it, yeah, just he can be very pleased with his performance. And it's just yeah, solid driver. You take that. Yeah, I think so too. And he loves doing well at Silverstone. The crowd obviously love Lando. I mean, the merch that he has, I hear, has been flying off the shelves. I think Lando sells more merch at Silverstone than anyone else, and I think that's probably a testament to this new younger generation of fans coming into the sport. They just relate to someone like Lando. He appeals to them. Um, as a person as well as a racing driver and I totally get it so you know great stuff to see he's a really great character for F1 he's breathing new life into the sport and, it, and as I said what we saw some of the scenes today was actually absolutely incredible stuff so long may that continue um, let's talk about Huss we kind of wrote them off in our preview Lee and yet here we are me thinking that they've reached their peak and today 
double points for the team. They're starting to look like rock stars again. And Mick Schumacher as well, P8, his first ever World Championship points and a bit of a tasty battle with Max Verstappen. Despite not coming out the better out of the two, I think he can hold his head up high and say that was pretty impressive. A battle, I think their respective fathers would have been very happy to enjoy themselves. What did you make of Haas today? Well, uh, firstly, Kevin didn't make contact with Lewis, so that's... That was for Kevin. <laughs> Is that why he got points? He left because Lewis. <laughs> yeah. was, I think it might have to do with the fact that Lewis was a bit further ahead of K. Yeah, in this I know. Race I, know. Today, I was but... just making uh, <laughs> like the situation when Kevin's qualified well. He's in the last few few races. He's made contact with Sir Lewis. So yeah, it's been sort of about yeah. For the first time this year, Mick actually impressed me, which is nice to see. Obviously, he's been making a few mistakes recently, but yeah, it was a really good um, fight we had with a wounded Max. Um, so yeah, it was a solid drive from both of them. And I can just imagine, I keep bringing it up when Haas have a terrible race and Gene Haas in, um, and Gunter Steiner in a drive to survive, but I can actually imagine it they're having a good result and, um, Gunter Steiner on the phone to Gene Haas in drive to survive and they're like, oh yeah, it was a, uh, just a, well, you know, Gunter's rants mm. of how good a race it was and, uh, Max going too far and Mick should have been a higher, but yeah, it's I'm really pleased for them to get a solid result after the few bad races that they've had. Yeah, I mean, I, admittedly, I don't watch Drive to Survive, but I'm almost tempted to watch season five when it comes out um some point early next year maybe just to see the british grand prix episode because i want to see i want to see the celebrations in Haas. i think they're probably the happiest team yeah. of anybody even though ferrari won today i think they're probably the happiest team of anybody this afternoon and fair play to them because it's these sorts of races where chaos ensues and things get a bit crazy you have to be there to take the opportunities when they come and i think fair play to mick schumacher is by far his best performance and i'm glad i'm really glad that he put it together and even, as I said, he didn't win out that battle with Max Verstappen, but it was still impressive driving from him to, you know, race as hard as fair as possible. And hopefully this inspires him to get more points. And the same with K-Mag as well. So, no, really, really good stuff for Haas. I really like to see them do well. And I'm glad that um, they're still proving us wrong. Still getting those points. They're now eight from the constructors. I think they overtook Aston Martin again. So, no, good stuff from them. Um, but speaking of Aston Martin, ninth and 11th for them today. Vettel ninth, Stroll 11th. Not a bad result for them today, considering that they were practically at the back end of the grid um, after qualifying. Sebastian Vettel, the envy of so many people, the birthday boy, of course. Happy birthday to you, Seb. And of course, on his birthday, got to drive his FW14B, the Nigel Mantle 1992 Williams, the envy of everybody driving around with carbon neutral fuels, obviously part of the environmental campaign for F1 in the future. So great stuff to see from him. What did you make from Aston Martin today at their home circuit, given how badly qualifying went, I think Sunday turned out to be rather, rather more prosperous for them, I think, but obviously not quite where they want to be going forward. Yeah, it turned out um, better than they probably expected, uh, but similar with the Haas, unfortunately, six cars did not fin- uh, didn't finish the race, so that obviously does help them to move up the grid. But, I, I'm not too sure what happened to Sebastian's face because he was a bit higher up um, than ninth and he fell down the order towards the end after safety car. Yeah. I'm not too sure what I'm, happened to I him. I might be wrong. But, um, and guys, correct me if I am wrong on this. I think he had a problem with his pit stop or something like that. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, there was a few of those today. I mean, Lewis yeah. obviously had that problem where he lost about a second or so, which obviously could have been quite critical in the race considering where he came out. So, yeah. Uh, it was a day where mistakes were occurring in the pits as well. And I think Seb got caught up in that, but P9 was still a good result yeah. for Aston. But, but even before the safety car, he was driving it. Well, he drove a solid race full stop, but he was a, um, a nice solid result um, before the safety car or would have been. And um, so really Sebastian was uh, on it and he made the best of the opportunity that came his way. Mm. Um, so really improved for them. And obviously Stroll, uh, yeah, the way he kept it out of the wall. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this is the thing with the midfield, isn't it? Because we didn't see much of the midfield today, did we? No. I mean, there were flashes. There was so much going on at the front. It was literally like following signs and the Claire, like lap after lap after lap. All this checking on Max. Oh, he's having a problem fighting this and that, whatever. We saw Vettel make a good overtake on Max as well when Max was warming his yeah. tyres up. So I think the British crowd enjoyed that a little bit, seeing Max lose, lose another place. Look, I'm not going to get into the booing and that because I think we've already said our pieces on this stuff and it's ridiculous anyway. But as I said, look, you know, you do you, guys. Um, 
yeah, I, I think Aston Martin will be happy with the points, but it's one of those where, as you said, Lee, they took advantage of a lot of other people's misfortunes and they'll hope that despite the uh, upsurge in form that they've had, that this isn't a repeat in other races going forward. So we'll see how that goes. The midfield is so tightly packed, really. It yeah. could be literally anybody's day from one race to the next. One person whose day it wasn't, or weekend, was Daniel Ricciardo. And um, I'll be honest with you, Lee, I think the most impressive drive-in that we saw from Daniel Ricciardo this weekend was the fact that he avoided a collision in that first start. And, um, you know, not to joke about it, but he was nowhere this weekend. What was going on with, with Danny Rick? I have no idea. I was wondering that through the race of he just Lando was steaming along and just Daniel just can't get a hold of this car. I just he seemed to make improvements in the last few races, but then he's dropped off and it's just yeah, obviously McLaren obviously had more data, but they must be running the same thing of what can they do to get Daniel um at least closer to Lando? It's is a mind boggling before he joined McLaren of the caliber, the driver that Daniel probably still is, but he just can't get to one with this car. And it's really uh, frustrating as a fan to see him struggle so much. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, I just hope that this is just one of those days we just had a bad weekend. And yeah. um, you just put it... Because it's a track where you'd think that, you know, in its high-speed nature, it does require a good element of skill to find that rhythm. And Danny Rick, in the past, has been quite decent around here. Then he, he has won in Silverstone. I'm sure he's won a British Grand Prix a few years back when he was at Red Bull. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember. No, let us know in the chat, guys. If you know, if that, actually, I might do a quick Google search on yeah, this one. do but a quick Google while, search. While, whilst I do that, I'm going to have a look at this as well, just looking at the chat, um, saying, duh, 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 duh. Jojo Gaming saying, Stroll is the worst driver on the grid, nothing on Gotifi. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> I mean, he's certainly the, in the bottom two at the moment. I mean, Stroll's not exactly the most popular character, but uh, yeah, it wasn't his best today. But then, you know, you, sometimes you've got to keep it clean. Um, let me see. Sorry, guys. Uh, this terrible podcaster from me here. I'm just having a look on social media. But Lee, whilst I'm doing that, what did you make of... Uh... Oh, it's terrible. Sorry, I've got the wrong thing here, guys. I do apologize. What did you make of the Alpha Tauri incident? Sonoda and Gasly because those guys were running relatively okay and then Sonoda snatching a break into turn three and taking out his teammate I mean that's not going to go down well in the AlphaTauri garage is it no it's not going to go down well at all um especially where they were running at the point time um when that incident happened but for some point in the race I thought that's what was going to happen between Carlos and Charles where regarding how they were fighting it's like I know I'm getting off the AlphaTauri but just because of the where they collect the teammates collected each other, of I really thought that would have going to happen to Ferrari, um, but obviously glad it didn't. But with AlphaTauri, yeah, it's just maybe the 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 environment in there is creating a bit of a pressure cooking environment between the two drivers where Pierre's been on the back foot against Yuki. I, I, yeah, it's a bit hard to say where because they're being pretty clean drivers, especially Pierre. But it's yeah, just a. Uh, where they collected obviously Yuki made locked up but yeah it's not going to go down well in the Red Bull camp no and they have been driving very well of like Yuki's been doing really good obviously him and Gasly seem to be joined at the hip as far as teammates concerned a lot of people have obviously made jokes about their relationship being a bit more platonic uh than uh, professional in that regard but there we go you know it's all all good and fun but uh yeah I don't think he'd have been the most popular person in the AlphaTauri motorhome after this weekend, after that incident. So it kind of ruined both of their races, unfortunately, for them. So it, it was a shame. Just look in the chat. Shiro. Shiro's got our back covered on this one, Lee. Says uh, two third-place podiums for Danny Rick at Silverstone, but no wins. For some reason, I keep thinking that Danny Rick has won at Silverstone. I don't know. It might have been in a junior race. I'm sure he's won in junior races at Silverstone. So maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But thank anyway, you, Shiro. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But thank you, Shiro, for that one. Um... 1892 Reds podcast asking us, Adam, what would you rather wear? Latifi pyjamas or stroll? Gotifi pyjamas all day. Not even a debate. But speaking of Gotifi, only P12, which no points, despite his incredible qualifying effort and the fact that he made two places off the start, albeit that was because of Russell and Joe colliding with each other. That said, he still made some overtakes off the start. But Gotifi finishing P12 now allows him to no longer be bottom of the Drivers' Championship League. He's now overtaken Nico Hulkenberg. 
in, and he's now 20th. <laughs> Despite the fact that Hulkenberg has had two races that he joined in to replace Vettel, I believe it was Bahrain in Jeddah. So make of that what you will, but go TV off the bottom of the pile, Lee. Um, again, we didn't get to see too much of him today. He avoided the big crash at the start, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, P12, I suppose, I can't complain too much. And, and unfortunately, because of what happened to Albon, we didn't really get to see how good that Williams was going to be this weekend because it did look promising. Yeah, it, it looked very promising. And unfortunately, it hasn't helped Williams either, seeing how actually in a live um, race, um, dry race, because um, obviously they sort of from wet quality, but they didn't, they really won the dry data and they didn't get it. So yeah, obviously it's going to hurt Williams. And especially now they obviously have to uh, build all the new parts. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Nicholas has to wait a bit longer for his parts on the car because they have to rebuild the parts for Alex. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think for Nicholas, he'll obviously be pleased to be off the bottom, but I think he'd be a bit annoyed that he didn't bring any points home considering where he managed to qualify. Yeah, pretty much so. And uh, But you know, it is what it is. It will be a nice little confidence booster for him. I know his future right now is very much up in the air and I think a lot of people believe that um, he's going to be very much replaced by Oscar Piastri next season, Williams. It's nice to see him have a good weekend. So, uh, no, good to see from him. Uh, Valtteri Bottas. Obviously, we talked about Guan Yu Zhou. Terrible weekend for Alfa Romeo. Very unfortunate. Not sure what happened to Bottas, Lee. It says he retired, but um, yeah. I think... I, I, can't, I can't tell you what happened to him. That This is how crazy the race was. We didn't really see much of the midfield. So, unless anyone knows what happened to Bottas, it says he didn't finish the race. So I think it was mechanical issues. I'm just reading up on Twitter now. I think motorsport.com said he had um, said he had mechanical issues, according to them. But the, the funniest thing I saw this weekend was uh, Sam Ryder, um, the British artist that sang at Eurovision, famously sang the national anthem. And I'll tell you what, a lot of people sang on social media, like, why is Bottas singing the national anthem? I mean, I, I kid you not, guys. Honestly, if you haven't seen it, obviously Sam Ryder singing the British national anthem. Very interesting version of it. It was a bit like Jimi Hendrix all those years ago at Woodstock when he did the American National Anthem on the guitar. It was really, really cool. But um, a lot of people saying he looked like Valtteri Bottas. And if you cover Sam Ryder's hair and just look at the face, I can see what they're talking about. Yeah, I, I mean, I could see what they're talking about um, on that. But yeah, it's just a shame that Valtteri's good performance this season has uh, not replicated this uh, weekend. Maybe he needs a, a, a nice uh, skinny dip in the rain that didn't uh, he didn't do yesterday when it rained. Know that uh, picture he took <laughs> in the river. Yeah, uh, Shiro's just saying in the comments. I didn't see what the specific issue was, but he pitted and retired. I think that's what it was. I don't. Yeah. I don't really remember. I do apologise. Yeah. There was so much going on, and I can't remember them showing it on the broadcast. I just remember yeah, looking they up. Did. The, they showed yeah. him um, retiring the car. Ah, uh, right. I wasn't paying attention specify. then. Fair enough. Um, David Dossi in the comments saying, "Hi, gentlemen. Did you enjoy the race? Hi, David. Uh, big supporter of the show. Thank you so much for joining." tonight um yeah i mean i enjoyed the race it was a fantastic race to watch um as a fan as a ferrari fan as loads of you that follow this podcast will know that i am as much as i do try to uh remain impartial i tend to criticize ferrari more than most actually um it, yeah obviously i can't be disappointed at a ferrari win i was just disappointed in the fact that given leclerc needed the result for the championship i think ferrari really dropped the ball on him and I think he has every right to be angry about it but we'll just have to wait and see it is encouraging for Ferrari at least they got that um hoodoo off their back if you like and got that result although granted it was a bit of a fortune for them at Red Bull's expense you've got to capitalize on those things but yeah it was a really good race um did you enjoy the race Lee oh I thoroughly enjoyed it it was a uh, yeah I, I could go on that and at least how much I've enjoyed it but yeah just in simple terms it was just really enjoyable through and through yeah just unfortunately had to wait an hour <laughs> After the restart, that's it. Yeah. After the incident, for yeah. the second start, that's the only yeah, for me the downside. But obviously, the main thing was the safety and the that, and obviously no harm to the drivers. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, you know, I think the takeaway is as absolutely is everyone's okay. What happened after? I mean, it was an absolute crazy race. Definitely up there with race of the season so far. I think a lot of us will agree. So I don't think we can dis be disappointed with that. And of course, we've got a maiden winner. So absolutely nothing wrong in that certainly ticking all the boxes i'm really looking forward to the really 3d video because um obviously for those of you that follow that youtube in particular the spanish youtuber that makes a uh, parody videos with 3d art and obviously the podium's always fernando magic alonso signs and checo perez and of course he's got two of them on the podium so he might have to might have to politely bump lewis off 
and chuck Fernando in P1 as always and bump. We'll see what he does. It'll be quite interesting. But anyway, look, I digress, guys. Um, I think that's pretty much all that we need to say, Lee. I mean, going into the Austrian Grand Prix next week, um, another smooth surface, another track where Mercedes may be strong. Ferrari and Red Bull obviously going to be the favourites there as well. Red Bull will look for redemption on the company's home circuit. Are you expecting them to be back? Should they be worried about the reliability issues that Max suffered? Well, the, the I think the big question for me is it's the first high-altitude circuit mm. of the season. So what strain does that put on engines that like to fail? Ferrari. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> I, was, I was worried you wouldn't mention that, but um, yeah, it, it is what it is with that one. I think Red Bull will fancy that one at home. Their car tends to perform well in higher altitudes, but we'll see how it affects these new cars as well. And of course, the old technical directives debate that are going on right now over in porpoising and flexi floors, which of course we'll talk about in our next episode. But uh, guys, thank you so much for tuning in with us and obviously weighing in with your comments and questions as well. We really do appreciate that. We are getting to grips with this live stream thing. I hope it ran okay for you guys. I know there was a bit of a technical issue on my part at the start, and I do apologise that for those of you that aren't gifted with uh, the ability to lip read but uh, nonetheless of course we'll be back in the week with a preview for the Austrian Grand Prix of our regular DNF1 panel and maybe a special guest as well and of course we've got sprint qualifying on Friday afternoon don't forget we've got a sprint race in Austria our second one of the season so we'll be back for the live watch along and qualifying on Friday afternoon that's 4 p.m UK time and of course we'll be back with another race review next week as well but until then guys and uh, oh actually no forget to uh, plug one more thing obviously if you have enjoyed this i'm terrible at this going live it's, this is why we we edit these obviously because it's a bit of a kerfuffle half the time and uh, i will get better i promise but uh, bear with me guys i appreciate it your... makes perfect exactly i appreciate your support with this one i'm obviously not media trained but anyway look <laughs> guys if you have enjoyed this do consider leaving a like if we think we've been professional enough and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already of course we really appreciate your support i'm seeing a lot of you guys in the uh in the live video right now which is fantastic i'm really really looking forward to seeing more of you in upcoming episodes but until next time guys please stay safe thanks for tuning in and we'll see you in the next episode of the dnf1 f1 podcast and remember if you're not first you're probably dnf1 thanks for watching goodbye Podcast Network.